Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers and a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat, no obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. This is the Legend Series with Ryan Girdler, Part 2. Enjoy. What stands out from the 03 GF, mate? What what puts a smile on your face? Um, oh. <laughs> I know. Um, I guess the, the the fact that for me it was probably a little different. I was probably the, might have been the oldest guy in the club at the club at the time, mm. or playing in the team or whatever. So for me it was it was watching, um, and I've been pretty fortunate that you know I recently had some success with Origin and some World Cups and some stuff like that. So I, I kind of uh, I really I have to say I really enjoyed watching the young guys come through and experience yeah. that. And I remember I, I remember we were. Um, we won. We were about I don't know two. No, we might have come back from the kangaroo tour, and there was Lewis, and there was Waterhouse, and there was these guys there, and and we were sitting on a plane, a little charter flight, going playing some golf day, and I was trying to explain to them in their first year, you know, that this doesn't happen every year. You know, yep. this is so unique, and how long it took me to even get that experience, and and just being able to go through that with um, you know, with those young guys, but then also. The times that I shared with Pulitua and, and Sattler and Wesser and yep. Gower and the guys that actually went through a bulk of the tough times as well, yep. you know. So they say, you know, to appreciate the good times, you got to go through those times. So, yeah, I think it was just nice to have those relationships and go through those different periods. And Fittler's gone after it. Then he scoops the ball away to Boone. Boone puts on a fend. Then he puts on a sprint. Sattler is chasing. you will ever see in any game. Unbelievable. What the pick-up by Fittler, a flying winger, and only one man, one man standing between the try line, a try to the Roosters, and it's Scott Sattler. You mentioned him, the Sattler tackle, part of rugby league folklore now. And if we're going to be honest, doesn't the former number 13 just still love it? He is a pest, and he loves bringing it up. Yeah, yeah, he's a pest. Um, As the rain starts falling here yeah, on the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, yeah no, it was, a, it, was a, it was an amazing moment for Sats. And um, he had that great origin career, didn't he, Sats? One, yeah. One origin, no. Yeah. No, it was a, it was a really good um, – it was a really nice – I actually kicked the ball. Um, that, ref- that that sort of deflected off one of the Roosters guys and fell into Freddie's hands, and then he gave it to Toddy Byrne. So I was extra grateful that Sats yeah. was up and about. 
Um, but One of those moments, isn't it? It's just incredible. Like, I remember, um, didn't I, I wasn't a guy that watched a lot of our own games. Like, sometimes if it was a good game on, you know, back then you had the Friday night or whatever, and if it was a big game, I'd watch it. Yep. But again, you know, whatever you needed to, I didn't need to watch a lot of the lot of footy because we're doing it every day, right? Yep. You're watching a lot of video and need to sort of um, balance it out. But I remember coming back and uh, after a couple of months watching um, the game, just sitting down and just me at home, just putting the grand final on and watching it, and and because you don't really know what happened, right? You yeah. just you're you're out there, you're present, but you really you're not aware of what's happening around you because you're in a different space. And I remember, like, I was actually like a fan, right? And I'm just, and then all of a sudden, I see this guy, and I didn't realise the enormity of the moment until I actually watched it a couple of times. Wow. And then I rang him up. I said, "Mate, that was ridiculous. Yeah, that was insane. What you did, like, that was nuts." And I remember having a good chat with him on the phone about it after I really appreciated it um, a couple of months down the track. So, huge moment. Your coach was Johnny Lang. He's been described, and I reckon it's spot on, as quirky. Yeah. What's your go-to Johnny Lang story? Oh, wow. Um, I, I, I used to play with a guy called Chris Hicks. Yes. Remember Chris Hicks? He, he, like you talk about Sattler being a pest. Chris Hicks was a pest. And He's he up was there. A, just an absolute shit stirrer, mate. Right? Yep. So he used to um, – Johnny Lang used to like – when we'd go, we had a um, the training complex, which is around in Coombs Drive, which is about five minutes from where we used to go and, and do our ball work sessions at um, at Penrith Park. And Johnny Lang used to like to have his parking spot, so he used to like to park in this one spot right next to the fence. He thought it was the coach's spot, but it was just kind of, you know, it, was, it wasn't. But yeah. he used to like to park there. So everyone used to let him park there. But reserve grade... Um, Reserve grade used to train before us. <laughs> so Chris X every day used to go and park in this spot. Love right? it. And this is the this is the I think this is either yeah, two two one or the two two thousand two was Lane's first year and I think then two two oh three the premiership yep. year. And Hicksy was a bloody good player. Yeah. And was playing a lot in O one and, and uh, in O two and, and probably would have been playing a lot more in, in O three. Yeah. Had he not parked in Johnny Lang's parking spot. <laughs> so then he was playing reserve grade and our wingers would get injured. And Lang would never admit this. And Hicksy was in great form. But because Chris Hicks would park in his spot every day, he wouldn't pull him up. And he would come into training and say, Hicksy, you parked in my bloody spot again. He's going, it's not your spot, Johnny. It's got, it's not, hasn't got your name marked on it. Like DC was a prick. Yeah. And then Lang said, I don't give a stuff. My spot. Stop parking there next day and Hicksy parked there. And I reckon, it co- it, I reckon to this day it probably almost cost him. I and mean, we had some really good young wingers. Yeah. But I'm not sure whether they would have got as many games in first grade in 03 had Hicksy would not have parked the start? Yeah. in Johnny Lang's parking spot that for those couple brilliant. of years. Galaxyfinance.com.au. Ask for Leanne for a free chat. Mate, uh, you said you enjoyed the uh, – Stubborn old man, wasn't the- he? The role as as the old older player and uh, and watching the young blokes develop. Did you did you enjoy the mentoring role? Um, yeah. Look, I think more more so. Um, 
I, th- I think it was really good to have an influence on guys around their work ethic. I, I'm not sure that there was so you know the mentoring thing. I think what the guys what like at the back end of our career, I think we had a really good combination of guys that knew what it took to be successful, mm. and young guys that you know had a lot of success when they were young and wanted to know what success looked like in the top grade. Yeah, and. We had some really good personalities, and and it, and we didn't have a lot of bullshit about us, you know. Mm. So it was like there were Sats and me and Gowie and Prito and guys and and Marty Lang that were kind of you know at the end, not at the end, but but yeah, latter stages, latter stage, mid mm. to later stages, and that just wanted after not having a lot of success, that just wanted to be successful. Yep, and they worked really hard, and and even though working really hard hadn't really equated to much success they still had you know we that's all we kind of knew yep. you know because we were so desperate for it so having an influence on these young guys and showing them that you know other than the you know all the bells and whistles mm. this is what it really took and those guys grabbing that and and mm. really like you know being willing just to be young but not not cocky and and really grounded group of young men to come through mm. and and work and stay as long as we had did probably didn't need to, yep. but would just stay as long as we did after sessions and before sessions and ask questions. You know, I never felt like a guy that would want to go and offer advice to people unless they asked for it or yep. wanted it because yep. everyone's got to take their own path. And yeah. I never was that guy asking a lot of questions. I always watched and, and you know, had my own sort of um, method. So, Having these guys just really absorb all of that, yeah. um, I really enjoyed that, yeah. And I, and I think that put them in a really – and now I've got great relationships with, you know, I see Louis all the time. He works, obviously, yeah. at, at, you know, most games. So great relationships with those guys that went on to be, you know, fantastic players in their own right. So I enjoyed that part of it. You're a thinker, so I'm going to hit you with this one. We're, I've spoken and asked this question a few times, and this is just my perception, but you former stars – as elite athletes, to me, you all seem confident, you seem mentally strong. Is that confidence and mental strength the reason you make elite level or is it actually the other way around where you become confident and mentally strong because you're elite? Um, yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Um, I think I think a lot of it comes back to individual makeup, and and you're willing. Like, I think you need to put some things in place. Most of the guys that I know have a lot of success put things in place when they're young, yep. and make the sacrifices. Like I know a lot of people that had a lot of skill, did and and just went down different paths. Yeah. So I I think um, I think you need to be really competitive. You need to be willing to make sacrifices. And I think if you if you start thinking that way, like I remember, I was I was sixteen, seventeen, Christmas Day, running, just and and thinking that I'm going to play in the centres next to Steve Renoff, yeah, on Christmas Day, mm. like it's sixteen, seventeen, and and just doing stuff like that, just because I don't know why, and I don't even really know why I did it. I I, I can't. Re- but I remember just getting up and mum and dad say, what are you doing? It's Christmas. I'm like, I'm just going for a run. And I remember then a lot of visualising, a lot of stuff that I didn't even know if it would work or what. I don't even know why I did it. It just, ha- it just it what happened. I did. Yeah. So I think you plant all those little seeds and then yep. you get confident on the back of the sacrifice that you make and yep. obviously the, 
the length that you go to that for me discipline has always allowed me to be free. I know mm. that kind of sounds no. a little bit little bit weird, but yeah, like a, a, I'm a, I'm a routine guy, yeah. and the only way that I am truly free and um and can relax is if everything is in order. I've ticked all the box. I'm still like it now with life and work and whatever. I'm a bit I'm a nutcase to be honest. A little um, OCD. Yeah, like yeah. to the point where I, I know what works for me. Um, and it hasn't always, I haven't always had that sort of that balance right. Um, but for me, you know, things need to be in order and then I'm comfortable and I'm, mm. you know, you take, and that's, that's where my wife's been really good for the last 20 years and she does it intentionally. She takes me out of my lane and, and watches, yeah. me, watches me flounder but has also made me learn to survive when things aren't happening the way that I would like them to happen, yep. which has been a big challenge for me. Still is. Great relationship too yeah. because she's also there to assist you if, if you're struggling out of your lane. I think that's lovely. Mm. That's love. <laughs> uh, random one. Tough you were life. known and regarded by many as the Intercept King of the era. Out of curiosity, were you a big Brett Kenny fan? Hey, legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of the team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go, from scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more. The opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week. And we can cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. Packages start from as little as $150. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I was never an Eels fan, but I, I loved when, when he played Origin. I, yeah. You know, obviously, um, yeah, look, that, no, that that was never an intention, mate. That was just a – I think I spoke about it before. It was just a um, – Anticipation. It was just – yeah, it was just reading things. You know, it was just reading the game. And, and I actually saw it as a way of, of shutting down defensive systems. Yep. You know, like people, you know, I, I knew that they come up against us and they wouldn't even bother attacking that side because they didn't want to roll the dice mm. a lot of times. Yeah. And, it, and if they're not attacking our side, it means that, well, then they're attacking the other side and then we can, you know, we can counter that. Yeah. You know, it's a bit of an advantage. And, and so when they used to come down that way, um, there was a little bit of a, a system I had in place and I used to work more often than not. Joey got me one day at Newcastle. He he came down and and he threw a pass because I because I used to like drift out like with and he, and and Gidley was on the outside. I used to get in between. Oh, it's a little bit technical, but I, I'd get inside and I'd I'd sit on the hip of my five eighth and then would make it look like the center's going to get on the outside getting an out ball. Yeah, and then I was looking like I was going to come in on the short runner. Yep, and then get halves to try and throw out balls and as they'd throw an out ball I'd drift out because I'm left handed and I'm on the left yeah. side I'd grab it with the left and then I'd be gone so I was sitting sitting on on Preston's shoulder this one day and then Joey was coming and I thought he's going to throw it he's going to throw it I'd love to get one off John's yeah. and he threw it that hard that I 
didn't even see it. I didn't even get my hands up, and it was in Gids's chest, and they were running down the side, and the whole way Joey was just ripping me a new Was one. he really? Oh, just enemy. Good. Yeah. You know, like, you're not going to get me. Yeah. And, like, ripped me the whole way, and I just had my tail between my legs running back to the try line. Love but, it. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of a, a method to the madness, but it was never intended to happen. I've spoken to Bert about this. I've spoken to you about this in the past, about the key of having your palm up uh, when it's time palm to up. palm up, at least giving the ball a chance to yeah. not go straight to the ground. Yeah, no, that's right. So many opportunities yeah. now. Uh, I don't think the that's current generation's been been taught. They, yeah, they just play at the ball. Yeah, I mean, look, I see so many opportunities now. Like, obviously, I watch a lot of footy. Yeah. Um, and I see so many guys that just don't even have eyes for that. You know, mm. they're just looking at, you know, the, the defence. And, look, they get a lot – there's a lot more shape in that thrown at them these days, like yeah. with players out the back. It's a lot more complicated defending on an edge now than it used to be. It used mm. to be, you know, a, a half would come across and throw a, a, a face ball. Yep. And that was it. There wasn't really fullbacks coming in out the back. It started to come as I was about to retire, but yeah, yeah, it's a lot more technical these days. So they do have a lot more on their plate, but I still see a lot of opportunities where I think, man, like, just watch the ball. Mm. Like, watch the guy with the ball. Yeah. Wednesday, 7th of June, 2000, New South Wales 56, Queensland 16. Ah, Girdler, if you don't mind, three tries, ten goals. What a night. Yeah, it would have been four tries, but bloody Noddy. Kamali <laughs> runs across, throws about 15 dummies, right, and then uh, uh, can't get the ball away. I'm just standing out there thinking, mate, like I'm just here past me the footy. Yep. But anyway, um, we won't talk about the one that got away. Um, yeah, look, it, it was a – like it's always great, mate. It, you know, it, it makes me a little bit of money around Origin time. You know, I, I get a couple of gigs. It's good yep. for that. Um, very proud of, of – you know, playing at Origin and and having those years there, and but it wasn't an Origin game. To be fair, I mean, it was a dead rubber. Yeah, we, we were two up, and and it was absolutely no indication of the talent that Queensland had in their side around that time. Everyone says, "Oh, about that era that New South Wales went through." Like, if you go through that Queensland side, it was exceptional. And yep. and and the first two games went down to the wire. The first one, Gordy gets sent off. We spoke about that earlier. Yeah. The second one. It was like 14 all at halftime at, at, at Lang Park and we ended up getting a couple of late tries and we yep. won the second one. And then the third one, Wayne Bennett came out. There was probably about eight guys in the Broncos side that were playing for Queensland mm. and Wayne came out and said, do we really need to play it? You know, like it really affects the back end of our season. You know, I think they went on to win the comp that year, didn't they, yeah. 2000? So, and so when you're in camp and you're nice and relaxed and – you know, there's nothing really to play for and Queensland come out and say, well, do we even need to go ahead with the game? Um, you kind of know that you're going to have a decent decent mm. result. So, look, things just happened that night. We had a good side. They didn't want to be there and I was the beneficiary. You had such a good side that an immortal was on the bench. Uh, Brad Fittler, Brett Kamali were the halves. Jeff Turvey was hooker. Andrew Johns wore 14. Yeah, impact player. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, look, Joey. Um, yeah, two, two. That was ninety nine. Was Kamali's year, right? When he took the Melbourne Storm to the, yeah. the game, and and he was that was all about flat and fast, and yep. there was a different style of footy then. And much. Joey had obviously came through ARL, and there was still that little bit of Super League ARL. Yeah. 
sort of everyone coming together. So, um, yeah, but I mean, it, it's, it's it's strange to think that's there was those guys were in in great form and and Joey, you know, could come on and cover a couple of different positions and and I yeah and he did that, but it was a couple of years later, I think, when you know he really became. Andrew uh, Johns, Andrew yeah. Johns, but um, yeah, for those early years, he was he was gathering, you know, getting some splinters. Galaxyfinance.com.au. Ask for Leanne for a free chat. Interesting, you mentioned Super League there, and and I've spoken about Super League with so many guys, and and told their stories, and it it really doesn't do it justice. Just what a mess the game was yeah. in, but. The time period from your debut to retirement, 91 to 04, the player changed dramatically, but the game changed dramatically. Uh, So much change. Of course, the shift to professionalism. Pretty unique era to to play footy in. Yeah, that was weird. That was wild, that whole um, whole shift to you going from, you know, training at 4.30 after work and weights – well, it's good if you can do them, but, you know, they're not compulsory. Yeah. And then having a beer at the end of a training session and still playing Winfield Cup and, you know, three o'clock on, on Sunday and Saturday yeah. every week to, yeah, transitioning to just full-time, getting fed. Like mm. Penrith were one of the first clubs to do it, I think, in, in 96 or 97 it might have been. And, yeah, they had about eight or nine of us uh, on the books there and we'd – you know, call bingo and walk around the club and speak to the patrons and go to schools and mm. do all that stuff with the academy. Um, but then you just fill in the hours essentially. And then, yeah, we would, we would train. And, uh, and then I think that was like 93, 94. So we were, I think the first guys that they were kind of dipping their toe in with. Yeah. And then 96, the year before Super League. Um, yeah. That, that's when we, Penrith just decided to, to go full time. And, and it was, um, it was strange. It was really a really interesting period, but um, we were kind of used to it because we'd already sort of transitioned out of full-time work into those roles at the club. But, um, yeah, it was a wild time. Because it's audio only, no one can see this, but uh, <laughs> Ryan's cat George has just come up and perched himself on my lap. Be careful. Poor George. Mate, do you like the game in 2022? Do you like what you see, the product you see? Yeah, I think it's easier to be critical. Yeah. You know, it really is. But with technology, you see it in so many different sports. You know, I think it has such an impact on the game that there's just – it goes past the point of return. And you yep. can't – once once you go there, right, I mean, you can't take it away. Can't turn it back, yeah. Um, I think the violence gone out of the game was, you know, something that was really hard to take from a – from a guy that had, you know, everyone just loved that part of yep. uh, of the contest, but but that's I think that's for the betterment of the of the of the code. Um, I think the athletes these days are as you know as skillful and talented as they've ever been. Um, so I definitely think what happens, you know, on the field um, is it's not always as entertaining as it potentially could be. You're right, mate. Yeah, George is just playing up on my lap. But I just think that um, that's just business. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's a, it's a, it's entertainment, you know. So, um, unfortunately, yeah, it's not the game that we all grew up with. Um, I don't ever recall you throwing hands. Any origin that you decide to 
Put their hands up? No. No? No. Oh, I don't think there was. I, I think. Um, so, no, I don't think I was even in any origin. Oh, there was a few scuffles. I think. I think I was. Yeah, there was a few scuffles in that, but there was no big all ins in any of the oranges that I played. Yeah. That was the ARL one, wasn't it? The one yeah. that they had the all in, yeah, with um, Matt Singh and and Hopper and Hopper Danny and Moore, Danny and all those guys, Billy yeah. Moore and Dave yeah. Barnhill. Yeah, mate. If you you look back over your journey, which began professionally or semi professionally in the early nineties, is there anything you'd change, take back, do over? Is there anything you regret? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, like I could have been a much. I would have, you know. If I would have applied myself when I was young, um, I would have, I would have played a lot more rep footy and and um, mm-hmm. I, I was pretty pretty loose when I was young. Yes, like when I was, yeah. you, know, you know that. So yeah, I I, I was I matured late physically as well. So okay. I, uh, you know, I and I didn't really understand the value of strength and size probably until I was in my late twenties. Okay. So there was probably half of my career there where I was just coasting, not coasting, mm. like like a dedicated and 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 committed, but not understanding what I actually needed to do to make myself yep. a better player or not listening to people that were telling me or whatever it may be. So, That's all part of life's journey though, isn't it? Mate, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But but I found in 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 life in general for me, I've I get a lot um it takes me a while. And once I get it, then I seem to go okay at it. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm a bit of a late bloomer, so. 227 games, 10 origins, 15 green and gold jerseys and still tackling away behind the microphone all these years later. It's been a pleasure, Ryan Girdler. You, sir, are a legend. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for having me. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legend series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. Their stories are simply amazing. The Rugby League Superpod drops in time for your weekend. It's full-on and the hottest podcast on the market with at least a dozen interviews every episode. Current day superstars and former legends drop into chat footy and share plenty of laughs. It's loose, we love it, and you will too. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to the stars themselves? Then on Saturday, the Firebrand weekend session is a new addition to our lineup. We're chatting with the players and coaches about barbecues, beers, and who you'd invite to your place for the perfect weekend session. It's hilarious. To keep the content coming, we'd ask if you could spare 30 seconds when you're done here and leave us a five-star rating and review on the app you're currently listening on. It's huge for us as we look to expand the brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends. Legends.